0: Supergirl Radio is about to hit 100 episodes, and we are inviting you to help us celebrate. If you'd like to share your favorite moments from the first 99 episodes, what you like about the podcast, or just want to brag about how awesome Teresa, Carly, and Morgan are, you have several ways to do it. As always, you can email us at supergirlradio at gmail.com. You can tweet us at Supergirl Radio or post a comment to our Facebook page at facebook.com slash Supergirl Radio. And now we're introducing a voicemail number, so if you'd like to reach out to us that way, you can call us at 678-718-7252. We hope to hear from you soon, and as always, thanks for listening to Supergirl Radio.
1: Andrew Kreisberg confirms Supergirl's place with the Legends of verse. The
2: CW
0: teases James Olsen's future identity, and we discuss the season two premiere of Supergirl. This, this is Supergirl, Supergirl Radio. Radio. Supergirl Radio, your source for all things related to the CW Supergirl TV series and the character of Kara Zor-El. My name is Rebecca Johnson. I'm Carly Lane. And I'm Morgan Glennon. And for this episode of the podcast, we are going to discuss the season two premiere episode of the show titled The Adventures of Supergirl, which is really weird because we haven't podcasted about an episode of the show in like six months. So this is going (laughs) to be a lot of fun. Uh, But first, let's get to the news. In an interview with Entertainment Weekly, Andrew Kreisberg confirms that Supergirl will not be merging with the Legends of Flareverse. When asked if there were plans to bring Supergirl into their universe, Kreisberg said, quote, "...not for her entire world, but Kara will be traveling from her dimension to our dimension, our being the world that the Flash, Arrow, and Legends live in." So what does everybody think about this? Cause this is something we've all been kind of speculating on for a while since we knew Supergirl was coming to the CW. So Carly, what are your thoughts on the the fact that Supergirl's not merging into the legends of Flaro
1: kind of bummed. <laughs> <laughs> I know there was a lot of speculation about whether or not flashpoint would be the catalyst and whether or not Barry's actions on the flash would maybe somehow impact Supergirl's universe. But it sounds like for the time being, she's going to stay separate. Um, i did write about this for the mary sue yesterday and i i said you know it he didn't he didn't confirm or deny if this means she's never going to merge with their universe or it just means that it's not going to happen right now so we'll see i feel like it's i feel like at this point it's too early to tell if it's ever going to happen
0: yeah maybe we can't rule it out but for right now that's that's what it seems like um morgan what are your thoughts on this
2: I don't know. I'm, I'm pretty, I'm a little bit bummed too, mostly because uh, the Supergirl Flash uh, crossover was so delightful last year. Uh, and I liked the idea of being able to get, you know, Barry back occasionally on the show. But I mean, I guess it does kind of make sense to have her in her own universe. I don't know. It's not as fun, but on the plus side, um, we don't have to see her like crossover with Arrow, so <laughs> it's not all down.
0: <laughs> uh, hashtag Arrow Burn. Um, <laughs> y- yeah, I, I think that's... I, I'm a little torn on it because on the one hand, and I was always this way. Like I was like, hey, if they want to merge, that's awesome. If they don't, I like Supergirl being in her own thing. Um, I, I guess they thought maybe Supergirl was too... Mu- <laughs> she was too much woman, I think, for the Legends of you know, Because if you have... <laughs> If you had maybe maybe she's too much hero. Maybe I should say that for the Legends of Flareverse because a lot of the people in the Legends of Flareverse are, with the exception of maybe Firestorm and the Flash, and who else would be the exception? Most of them are humans or uh, you know people who have really good fighting abilities. Or Adam has a, a you know a technical suit that he you know tinkers on and, and makes. Uh, operate so maybe supergirl wouldn't fit in with them because she (laughs) if you have supergirl why would you need those other heroes um that's all i'm saying uh so i don't know if that came into part of it maybe maybe they felt like if supergirl merged with them that that would make everybody else kind of be put in the background i don't know so I, i was very surprised by this because i thought for sure they would put them all together but I mean, it's possible that she could, you know, hop between worlds. I mean, Barry did it in season one of Supergirl, so it's not out of the
1: realm of possibilities to do again. com has reported that during a CW Q&A, it was revealed that McCod Brooks's James Olsen will be becoming a vigilante and adopting the name of The Guardian, and Wynne will be helping James out with his heroics. So what, is, what, is, <laughs> what, what does everybody think about this? Well, I talked about this a little bit on twitter earlier today james seemed a little um displaced in this episode like it really seemed like everybody else was kind of more settled in what they were doing i mean win gets recruited into the DEO like right away and Cara's is running around with her super heroics and it seemed like all james was around to do was eat pizza and pot stickers mm-hmm. and like just hang out it's
2: um, a noble pursuit, <laughs> and,
1: get, and, and get dumped. <laughs> so I was, you know, part of me was thinking, well, he really needs something to do. Like they really need to do something with him already, other than just be Kara's love interest. And so I'm intrigued by it, but I also feel like I don't know. It's kind of a it's kind of a weird way for them to go with the character too, especially given that they've kind of played him out all through season one of just being, like, a regular guy, you know?
0: So, Morgan, what are your thoughts on James Olsen becoming a vigilante? Um, I don't know. I guess I'm a little
2: conflicted. Um, I don't know enough about the character to really weigh in on... Um, in that aspect of it. But I do agree with what Carly was saying, where James feels a little bit like he's at loose ends, uh, especially in the premiere. And I honestly didn't think that that was like something that was like new to like the new season. Like I felt like they had that problem with him last year as Mm -hmm. well. And like, especially now that it seems like they're dropping really randomly the love interest angle like what are they gonna i i just i found myself at the end of the episode thinking like what are they gonna do with james now like he's just gonna like what is he gonna like walk around the office like taking pictures giving people finger guns like i don't know what they (laughs) like what what do you do with him now Uh, they had i feel like out of all the out, out of most of the main cast he's like one of the least developed characters even though he got like a decent amount of screen time last season. I just feel like they don't really know what they're doing with him yet. And uh, I felt, I felt that very much in this premiere and this news, I feel like come coming out just kind of confirms that for me, like they don't know what they're doing with this character. And so they're going to try to throw this at the wall and see if it sticks. And so for me, I guess it, it all comes down to the execution of it. Like if it's executed well, I think this could be an exciting storyline for him if it's just them like trying to figure out something to give this character to do I don't know how it's gonna go yeah I think this is a
0: a reaction to the fact that they don't have any plans for him, which I think is really strange because Jimmy Olsen has been around since 1938. There are stories that they can pull from. There are things... Jimmy Olsen has a vast history of comic book lore that they can pull from. And I know that some people have made fun of the Turtle Boy and the Elastic Lad names and, oh, you can't turn him into that because that's silly. But I personally would rather them try an Elastic Lad just to stay with the character of Jimmy Olsen because if you make... Jimmy Olsen, Guardian. Which P.S. They had a Guardian at the end of season one. They introduced Jim Harper in the Manhunter episode, so Guardian has already shown up in the series. So I, I kind of don't understand why they would make in the Arrowverse. The Legends of Flareverse has some of these same problems too, where they will make one character, another character from the comics, for no reason. And I don't understand that because the characters are the characters and they are for a reason and they have history. And I personally would would love, you know, it's like if you're not going to do Jimmy Olsen things, why have Jimmy Olsen on the show? Like that doesn't make any sense to me. And I was kind of even going through uh, Jimmy Olsen's stuff really quickly just to remember all of his Aliases and the the quirky things he's done, and he was actually um Flamebird at one point. And Flamebird is a character who is it's it's like a title, and it's been shared through uh, several different characters. And that would almost be better, in my opinion, because it could it could be Jimmy Olsen, it could be somebody else. So you could use that as a part of Jimmy Olsen's history, but it doesn't necessarily, you know it's not necessarily taking from someone else's comic book history. Does that make any any sense? Um, I just, I don't understand why they do this kind of thing, because while I agree that they need to do something with James and they could have storylines for him, I just, this seems really forced and out of thin air, and I know that they probably want to make use of, you know, Maqad's, you know, build and, and the fact that he, he could, you know, be a cool vigilante and a, a superhero and all that stuff. But I also, one of the things I think is cool about Jimmy Olsen is he, he's sort of the everyman. He's, he's the guy who normally is just, you know, he's, he's the guy on the outside and we're kind of supposed to identify with him as he's, you know, kind of cheering on these other heroes. And I think that aspect, I mean, we've got that with Wen a little bit, but Wynn is also a DEO agent now. So there's no other character on the show who can fill that kind of role. So I just, I don't know. I'm really kind of, I don't want to say I don't like this news, (laughs) Uh, (laughs) but uh, I have a lot of strong opinions about it. And um, I I do think if it's executed well, it could be um, cool to see, although I am bummed that once again the this this was spoiled this whole storyline was spoiled in a cw press event they have done that twice now um this would have been a lot cooler if we could have just seen this story unfold and it wasn't told to us before it happened Um, but i know vancouver has paparazzi that they can't control and so that's probably <laughs> that's probably why they did this so that they just announced yeah. it because they, they're probably yeah. they're probably about to
1: shoot stuff with him in a costume. But right. And if it's outside, then p- the pictures are going to surface and people are going to be like, why is Makad Brooks in a in a superhero outfit? You it, know.
0: But isn't that a great yeah, question? Well, it, to it's ask?
1: unfortunate. It's unfortunate,
2: though, because, like, I I really agree. I, I understand, like, the logistical realities, but like. I would have rather, so now we're putting all this pressure on this storyline because we, we heard about it. And, like, what do we think about it? And we haven't even seen it. <laughs> like, so we're going to come in with preconceived, at least we will, like, you know, people who are watching the Supergirl news and stuff. going to come in with some preconceived ideas of what it's going to be like, whether or not maybe we like it, instead of just watching it organically start to, un- like, unfold on the show also i'd like to go on record and say that like i'm all in for jimmy olsen turtle boy yeah why not if we can make if we can make that happen (laughs) they're they're they're
0: pulling so much from silver age material and if they're going to do that you might as well go all in you could make him turtle boy for an episode that's not a big deal you
2: could do it it's fine um so yeah. And I, I would want that episode to be the Turtle Boy versus uh, Snapper <laughs> <gasps> Snappers Robot Hands episode.
0: Morgan, why aren't you writing for the show? We need to make this happen. <laughs> that's an amazing idea. We should make that happen. Um, yeah, I don't know. I just I I, I don't want to call the writers lazy, because that's probably unfair. But if you can <laughs> if you can't think of anything else to do with a character other than make them a superhero I feel like you're not trying hard enough because Jimmy, like they planted that seed in season one about his father and all of that kind of stuff, like pursue his family, like show his family, do something with his, his, his uh, backstory. You know, you could have something right. cool there. You could have something with the daily planet or him pursuing a story or something like, like there are other storylines that you could develop without having to make him another vigilante. So I, yeah. I, I don't know. I, I'm very conflicted.
2: Yeah, well, I, I agree with that as well. Like, I just feel like it—it feels—it just feels. I don't want to say desperate, but I do want to say desperate. Like, it just <laughs> feels like they're desperately trying to figure out what to do with this character, which I, I empathize with. Like, but at the same time, it—it—it it, it, one season into a show, when you're still kind of finding your footing, like maybe instead just kind of get to the root of what the character is and yeah. like let us know more about him instead of just being like. Or he could be a superhero. Like, it just yeah. feels, it feels, I mean, it feels forced because it is.
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, and now, now that, uh, spoiler, if you haven't seen last night's episode, Kara is going to be a reporter. Like, why not just have him be out in the field with her as a photojournalist? That's, that's yeah. There you go. Legit. Because, like, he I could feel just like. just be, like, with her on the Caco side of things maybe not necessarily as active on the Supergirl part, but, like, be there for her as Kara because she's going to need some support because it doesn't sound like she's going to get along with Snapper Carr when he comes in to replace Kat. So, like, he could be there for her as that support as, you know, for that part half of her life. I don't know. It just seems like they're they're trying to make... They're trying to pump him up into something that's way overinflated, and it doesn't feel like it's... It doesn't feel like a a lot... I don't know what I'm saying. It doesn't feel like a logical next step for the character at this point.
2: Yeah, I think last season, one of the big problems that they had is, like, going into last season, it was, like, what we knew about James was, like, he's he's cool and he's a photographer. Except, like, nobody, like like Carly said, nobody was a reporter. So we never got to see him out in the field doing his thing. So basically all it came down to is like, James Olsen, he's real cool. And Mm -hmm. sometimes he takes pictures, I guess. Like (laughs) now here you finally have a a good excuse to get him out in the field taking pictures. And and instead they're like, James Olsen, he's real cool. And also I guess he's this guardian guy, I guess. I don't know.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that, the all great points. I, I, I would actually love it if Kara and James had been like a reporter camera person duo, sort of akin to Lois and Cla- uh, well, Lois and Jimmy, I guess, uh, in, in some respects, or, or Clark and Jimmy, uh, you could have you could have played with that dynamic where they were um, writing slash uh, news partners, and they went and solved crimes or something like that. I would I would be into that. So yeah, that that seems like a missed opportunity. Now that you mentioned that, Carly, that uh, that seems very strange that they wouldn't pursue that. But um, I don't know. Maybe the Guardian thing will be awesome. Uh, we'll have to wait and see. But yeah, that that news was a, a big shocker for me when I. Saw
2: and I'm it. also looking at the uh, the quote that you put in the uh, in the document that you sent us, and from uh, Andrew Kreisberg about how. You know, spoiler alert again—that uh, he's gonna—he's uh, Jimmy, yeah, James. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, James, <laughs> James the grown man. Olson is not gonna tell Kara that he's doing this vigilante thing. Which, like, honestly, I, I agree with you on this one, 100%. Rebecca, like, why not just give us a blow by blow of the entire storyline at I, this point? I mean, we've we've already seen it. We know we know who's gonna be
0: helping him. We know he's gonna be doing it at night. That he's not telling Kara that she's going to be shocked by it and
2: she's going to at some point find out about it and be probably upset that he's lied to her. Going to cause a massive, yeah, massive problem in their relationship and, like, come on. I mean, they spelled out the whole thing. Like, just say, hey, James is going to, you know,
0: become a hero. That's all you got to say. Done. So, yeah, I don't know. I just, I wish I could give some people, I wish some people would ask me for tips on how to tease a story because... (laughs) television is a, a medium based on cliffhangers and wanting you to come back next week so uh it worries me that sometimes that's not taken into consideration but that's just because i am paranoid about spoilers um so that's this is a real interesting turn of events uh we'll have to see how it turns out um <laughs> i'm not gonna i'm not gonna try to be judgmental about it until we see it because that's not fair it could be amazing um, and, I mean, might, uh, be totally into it and he might, uh, give a great performance. So, uh, who knows? Um, but yeah, so that's, that's something to, I, I guess, in some ways look forward to. Well, let's, uh, stop talking about news and let's actually get into the discussion of our season two episode premiere called The Adventures of Supergirl. And the description of this episode says, "quote When a new threat emerges in National City, Kara slash Supergirl teams up with her cousin Clark Kent slash Superman, guest star Tyler Hecklin, of course, to stop it. Kara is thrilled to have family in town, but it leaves Alex feeling a bit left out. Which I don't know. Did you guys see that in the episode? I, don't know. <laughs> I was um, I was gonna make that exact comment.
1: Like, yeah. did it? Uh, yeah. Did yeah, it? Gosh, also, <laughs> no, no, no. Maybe maybe that's, maybe, maybe, maybe in that's part two. Way.
0: Yeah, maybe that's next week. Yeah." Um, But the description ends with, meanwhile, Hank and Supergirl are stunned by the pod that came crashing to Earth, unquote. Uh, So let's uh, start talking about the elephant in the room, I guess. Uh, Superman made his big official debut in this episode. So, Carly, what did you think about Tyler Hecklin's performance as Superman and Clark Kent?
1: He got to smile. Right, Morgan? (laughs) (laughs) Ah! It
2: was... I you know f- finally Tyler Heckling gets to smile on <laughs> a television right. show he must
1: have been like what are these muscles in my face doing <laughs> <laughs> these foreign muscles um yeah I you know and I talked a little bit about this in our Superman spotlight episode about I you know I had some concerns about how much his appearance was being advertised and how much it was kind of starting to it felt to me like it was starting to overshadow Supergirl on her own show um, but I really like what they did with him in this episode. Like he was there to just provide support to her, to be there for her to kind of just talk to, but it didn't, it still felt like her show at the end of the day, which I was really happy with. Um, and I think part of that speaks to Tyler Hecklin's performance. Like he was just kind of, you know, happy, but also like he had some good tension with David Harewood. Um, that whole relationship between John Jones and Superman, which I'm sure will probably be explored a little further. And, you know, I I liked he... It's interesting. I mean, we kind of talked a little bit about this, Rebecca. I don't know if he necessarily did enough to differentiate Clark Kent from Superman, in my mind. They both kind of seem to have some of the same character traits like Clark Kent sometimes was bumbling and awkward, but then he would also be like super smooth with Cat Grant. (laughs) Um, but maybe he's also kind of just trying to like, you know, be smart about the situation. Um, so I, I think for me, the, the, my favorite scenes with, um, Tyler Superman were his interactions with Melissa Benoist. I thought the conversation that they have about balancing, their like secret identities with their superhero persona was really cute and you know he was just there for it was nice i liked it a lot cousin love (laughs) (laughs) uh morgan what did
0: you think about uh tyler hecklin as superman
2: yeah i really liked him uh this is very 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 different than what they had him doing on teen wolf which was mostly just uh scowling and showing up randomly in boys locker rooms wearing <laughs> oh, <okay. laughs> a lot <Blaring>. of wearing <laughs> in case in case you ever wanted me to sell teen Wolf for you guys <laughs> but uh he hangs out, out with no, a bunch no. of high schoolers <laughs> yeah he does he's he's basically homeless and hangs out with a bunch of high schoolers so, randomly shows up in uh in the boys locker room so uh <laughs> it's it's a different vibe <laughs> That's a different vibe for him but i really liked him in this role i thought that he was he was great and i loved the uh, um the interaction between him and kara i would agree i yeah i think that there probably wasn't enough there wasn't a lot of differi- yeah, differentiating between like the clark kent and the superman besides of his personality but I, thought, I i don't know i'm i guess i'm not picky like <laughs> i i don't always need there to be like a super extreme differentiation between those two sides of superman's personality i thought he did a good job i liked i kind of liked you know when they're like in the elevator and she was like wow you've got the clumsy thing like really down he was like that wasn't like that wasn't a thing that that was just me (laughs) but, but and i liked that i think we were all really nervous about him kind of coming on the show and sort of taking over the show because you know superman is such a huge character he's maybe arguably one of the biggest comic book characters ever and supergirl unfortunately is not that big like people know who she is because of superman um and even in the first season there was a lot of that like you know kind of living in her cousin's shadow and i was like i don't want supergirl to have to like be in superman's shadow on her own show um, but I think that they, the way that they brought him in as a support, was act- actually worked out really well. I don't think that he overshadowed her at all. I think that it was we saw him in in the way that he interacted with her, not so much as like taking over.
0: Yeah, I would agree with that. I think they 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 played him the right way in terms of being that support system. Um, and before I give my thoughts, uh, is this a safe space? uh to to voice some opinions i hashtag safe space hashtag safe space it always is (laughs) um (laughs) for me tyler did a good job but i didn't think he did a great one if that makes any sense um i i i felt like the writing and the acting played it very safe um, they um, relied heavily on the Christopher Reeve Superman, of which uh, for me is disappointing because I always, anytime I see an, another incarnation of these characters, and I've, I've seen a lot. I've seen a lot of Superman animated stuff. I've seen all the S- Superman live action stuff. Um, even just a little bit of Superboy, not a lot of Superboy. Um, but I, I like to see some somebody bring something new to the table, and I don't know that I got that from him. And I know this is going to sound crazy because we talked about him smiling, but I felt like in some aspects, he smiled a little too much. Like some of it felt a little false to me. Um, there's, there's two instances when I, I had this kind of uh, issue. Um, uh, when Lena says that she won't be interrogating, uh, that they wouldn't be interrogating her for her last name was Smith. He was kind of smiling when he said, Oh, but it's not. And I was like, I don't know. You could be a little serious there. And, uh, there was also another thing when, like, the scene where he, where Car is talking to him about her problems. I don't know. I, I felt like he he wasn't taking things seriously because he just like smiled like an idiot the whole time. And I don't know if it's because Tyler Hoechlin was so excited to play Superman. I mean,
2: who would, who would <laughs> you know, who wouldn't be so excited to get to play that character? It could and, and it get, could have been because he was just so excited to be able to smile. Like he was maybe. like, "This is my moment. I'm never gonna stop now." <laughs> maybe, but I was just like, when I was watching, I was like
0: it's okay to, to have emotions other than the smiling. Like, I know you want to play him as hopeful, but I don't know. I, some of that I thought was almost too much. Like, some of it was a little overdone. Um, and and sometimes I felt like he was a little too perfect. And I, But I think that there was a point to that in the story because Kara is struggling with the romance and the workload and the what she wants to do and being a superhero. And so she's kind of bumping up against Clark, who seemingly has it all figured out. He's a good boyfriend. He's got the good job. He's Superman. And he's, you know, able to balance all that stuff. So I think that there was a point to showing showing him be too perfect. Um, but I, sometimes that's not what I want out of a story. I, I want characters to have not, not flaws and problems, but I want them to have something that I can kind of relate to. And I, I just, I didn't feel like I related to him uh, very much at all. Um, but... There were some things that I did like about his Superman. Um, he did a lot of things that Superman would do. He's, you know, helped Kara uh, Supergirl save a rocket ship. I, I liked him thanking the, D- the DEO agents for their service. I liked that he offered help to find Jeremiah to Alex. I liked that his Clark said that he was about the truth. Um, I think that that, you know, Clark and Lois Lane are always about the truth. So I appreciated that. I liked his little moment where he has the handshake with James. I thought that was cute. Um, yeah. But but I also would would echo uh, the sentiments that his best scenes for me were with Kara because that was mm-hmm. that was what I was looking forward to the most is them connecting on a, a cousin level and and a, and a family dynamic and I liked that he told her you know I, I well or asked her to tell him more stories about Krypton and about his parents yeah. and I I thought that that was. That cool. was I thought that that was really sweet because Kara would know that information that he wouldn't know, and there she would be able to put a personal touch to the stories and and give more of a uh, a bigger picture about his parents than just you know Kelex, uh giving him some stats on his parents or or something like that. So I, I really liked that. And there was one little moment that sometimes Melissa Benoit's, uh Supergirl, you know, sometimes she's really like hopeful and speaking of light and then sometimes she is which is a supergirl trait and there's also a supergirl trait where she's brash and she's sassy and so I kind of liked seeing that a little bit in this episode because because Clark and Superman were so perfect she was like kind of jealous about it and I liked getting to see that because it reminded me a lot of the DCAU Supergirl the animated version of Supergirl where she is younger than Superman and sort of kind of almost like a kid sister a little bit and there's that one scene where Superman's like you know thanking all of the DEO agents and he's like I just want to thank you for your all your hard work protecting Earth being real you know um diplomatic or whatever and she like rolls her eyes and she's like oh brother yeah 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 yeah. (laughs) so um so I I really liked that because that to me that that's another aspect of Supergirl that I wish we could see more on the show because it is (laughs) to me that's kind of a fun part of her character and I think that that works especially more so when she's paired up with Superman because they are so different in, in that respect. Um, and I did like that. We got a mention of Lois. Uh, that was nice. Yeah,
1: a couple mentions. Well, and I was just yeah. going to go back to what you were saying in their like talk because I mean, the scene basically starts, they're like leaving. <laughs> I watched the episode a second time. So it's fresh in my memory. <laughs> they're leaving, they're leaving their talk with Lena Luther and, And Clark gets a call from Lois, which is, like, super short, super cute. We don't hear her voice, but it's this whole thing of, like, he's like, yes, I'm with Kara, I'm fine, I love you, you know, and it's very sweet. Um, And I, and I, I remember, like, the scene initially when I first watched it struck me the first time, and then when I watched it again, it's really interesting to compare the two of them because, I mean he definitely is smiling a lot in this scene, but it's interesting because if you watch it, it's like, Kara is very distressed. She's like, I don't, I've trying to balance like the two parts of my life. You make it look so easy. And he's like, you know, it's, it's not easy, but you, it's something that you kind of have to learn. And like, I think he's kind of chuckling because he was, he's been there and he kind of knows how she feels. Um, and then he has that great line where he tells her being Kara is just as important as being Supergirl. Mm-hmm. And then he gives her a hug. And it's like, oh, it's so great. Like, the whole scene is just so good. But I think, like, I don't know if he necessarily, I don't know if he was necessarily being overly effusive. But I think he would, in in my mind, I kind of read it as he's kind of laughing because like, not at her, but he kind of he kind of gets it. And he's like, yeah, you see, he where sees you are. himself in that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So he's kind of like, you know, I get it. And like, It's and so even like just kind of smiling, maybe seeing like the parallels in their journey and like you're gonna get there. You know what I mean? And it's and it's so cute because he like he kisses her on the forehead and he puts his arm around her and she just goes, That was really nice. (laughs) 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 Like it's just it's such a sweet moment. And I like I honestly think that that scene is probably my favorite in the whole episode. It's like 20 minutes in. It's just, you know, I don't know, I feel like it it kind of sums up everything, because, like, Clark is so at ease with himself, and his kind of dual life, and Kara's still feeling at odds, like, she doesn't, at this point, she hasn't decided what her vocation is going to be, she hasn't gone back to Kat in her time, in her deadline, (laughs) um... (laughs) So it's, they're just it's an they're interesting just like the dichotomy. cutest nicest superheroes. Yeah. yeah, but it's just like like we don't even need to see them being superheroes teaming up. It's like you know, it's like a living personification of their instant messages. Like yeah. he's basically it, just like really he's basically just like both halves of you are important, and you're gonna figure it out. Like, he, like oh he's
2: like he's like smiling smiling emoticon winking emoticon. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I, uh, so I, good.
0: That that makes me feel a little bit better about it. But I, I guess I was putting myself in Kara's shoes. Like if I was talking to someone, like like if, say if I was talking to my older brother about my problems, and he was like smiling all the way through me talking, I'd be like, "Are you even listening to me?" Like I think I, that's a, that, <laughs> that's what my reaction would be. So I guess I was putting that on Kara. But I like the way that you uh kind of put that, Carly. That he's seeing himself and. And her and realizing that she's having the same kind of problems that he once had because he's kind of he's gotten himself together now. You know, it's it's been. Yeah, it's been a while since he first started out. So um, I can I can uh, I can see that part of it.
2: Yeah. And I think like for him uh, being really smiley and stuff like that and like very, very upbeat and chipper in this episode, I think like we're he's doesn't isn't like used to spending time with his family kind of. So I, I sort of read that through, like, the last scene of the episode where he was like, you know, actually, it's been really nice spending time with you. And, like, I want to learn more about Krypton. Um, it, it's almost kind of like, you know, you're always more happy on vacation. <laughs> like, <laughs> that, like I'm sure, like, if you get, and, and we'll see because he's going to be in, like, another, I, th- I believe, like, another episode or mm-hmm. two. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just um, the next one. Just the next one, yeah. So I think we'll see, we'll maybe see some like more shades to his personality when they are up against something that's like a little bit more dangerous than drones. But uh, <laughs> but I think <laughs> killer deadly drones, which which look like the
0: drones from season one. Am I making that up in my they head? Did. There, there they did. A, there was an episode. Was it the the episode with the train? There were some drones. I remember, yeah, the like, Max, episode, I think. Max, Maxwell Lord had some drones, didn't he? Like, they looked li- like... I thought so. I was like, are those the same ones? Like, I was really confused about that. But I'm sorry to interrupt you, Morgan. What were you going to say? Oh, no, no. So
2: I, I just think that, like, you know, he's sort of... He's outside of his life. So he doesn't have... Right now, he's not dealing with all of his normal Superman problems. And he's sort of, like, vacationing in Kara's life and just sort of being, like... You know, seeing like the problems that like she's having are, are probably reminiscent of the problems that he had like years ago. Mm-hmm. So I think that he's it's it's definitely like looking at her as more of like an older brother you know, older cousin type of uh, situation where, you know, he remembers being there and like, you know, he knows that she's going to get through it. But I think probably in the next episode, as things get more serious, we'll see probably a more
1: serious side unless maybe we don't. And then it just gets weird. I don't know. It sounds like the next, the the second part is going to be a little more intense. So I'm excited to kind of see, like a more intense Superman. And we got a little bit of that with, in his interactions with Martian Manhunter, Mm -hmm. you know, their whole conversation about the kryptonite. And we learned that John Jones basically had the opportunity to destroy the kryptonite that they found at one point and he kept it. And Superman is not happy about that. I think I tweeted Superman has a very anti-kryptonite stance and I can't (laughs) say I blame him, Um, (laughs) you know, and, and You know, I don't think it's necessarily John Jones that that Superman doesn't trust. I think he, you know, he's probably dealt with some shady people in the government in the past, and he knows that if somebody, if the wrong person got their hands on kryptonite, it could be used against him. It could be used against Kara, and it does have the potential to kill one or both of them. So honestly, I don't. I'm. I can see it from both sides. Like. I trust Martian Manhunter because obviously he's not going to do anything to willingly hurt Kara, but that doesn't mean that somebody else won't. So I can also understand why Superman is like, we need to destroy all of it, you know?
0: Yeah, and I think that might be a good segue to talk about um, somebody who might be making use of the kryptonite, uh, potentially. Um, we got introduced to John Corbin in this episode. So what did you guys think about the, um, the, I guess he was sort of the villain. Um, I, 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 uh, we didn't get to see a lot of villainous things, but he was kind of responsible for the drones. So Carly, what did you think about, uh, John Corbin? John Corbin. I didn't know he was
1: British. That's like (laughs) a terrible accent. (laughs) Um, so we knew he was a, like an assassin type, at least at this point. We know that, you know, he has some more sinister beginnings at the end of the episode. Um, he's hired by Lex from prison to take out Lena. That's cool. Um, yeah, right? Like some brotherly love there. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, at this point, I'm I was kind of like, oh, well, you know, he's just kind of like your typical assassin for hire like he's basically just trying to take out lena any way he can um my favorite part was when alex basically took him on one-on-one yeah that was pretty great any chance we get to see her fight like she had some great action stunts she was she was uh... yes, kyler lee <laughs> she was getting it she was she was kicking some ass um so, I mean, honestly, that was my favorite part. For me, the rest of the episode, he felt kind of one note and a little forgettable. Um, although we did get at the very end a little, you know, little ominous uh, cliffhanger with none other than Brenda Strong. Surprise, gasp. Surprise! Surprise! Cadmus. <laughs> I wonder who she's playing. Maybe the doctor who I called. Snap! <laughs> um, <laughs> Damn, no, you called it. <laughs> dang, I actually didn't know that he was going to be um, turned into Metallo by Project Cadmus, which that was an interesting twist for me. Um, so it wasn't. It was a little bit of a surprise. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm excited because I saw a little bit of a teaser for next week, and it definitely seems like he's going to be pretty formidable. So it was he was it was okay in this for me, but I'm looking forward to when he comes back. Morgan, what are your thoughts on John
0: Corbin?
2: Yeah, those are pretty much my <laughs> my thoughts. I was ex- I was excited at the end when we got Brenda Strong and project cadmus and all that stuff up until then i was just like okay this guy with the drones (laughs) (laughs) Uh, (laughs) i mean up until i think the end of the the episode where you find out he's gonna like factor in a bigger part he was basically just a plot contrivance that had liked robots so i yeah yeah i didn't really i mean he was fine for the episode there was a lot going on in the episode we didn't really have enough time i think to get into whatever his whole deal is which probably we will next week but uh but i'm excited for next week and to see uh to see him as a as a better villain as a full-fledged metallo um yes for
0: for me i i would agree that he wasn't much of a character in this one um and i think that's you know a lot of setup um, for the the eventual turn of him becoming a super villain um, but what i did like about his characterization is he was very much a lot of what we talked about in our character spotlight he's he's very much i, I think they borrowed a lot of the superman the animated series uh, version of metallo that he's uh, an assassin for hire that he um, was involved with some Kaznian terrorists. Um, they even mentioned Corto Maltese which uh Aero fans will will know. Um, but Casnia Kaz- is something that's in the Superman in- the animated version and um even the accent Carly that you mentioned I, I think was sort of a <laughs> oh well Malcolm McDowell has an accent yeah, sort accent of I like butchered. that. So uh no, it's actually pretty good. Uh better <laughs> than, better than any accent I can do so I'm not going to do one. Um, but I think that that was even kind of a play on the Superman, the animated series uh version of Metallo. Um mm. I I liked one of the things I liked in addition to Alex kicking his butt, which was awesome, um, I liked that Lena Luther got to shoot somebody. That was yeah. exciting
2: to me because yeah.
0: because I know <laughs> I know Lena was kind of we'll talk about Lena in a second. I know she was kind of portrayed as like a good Uh, a good lady who is trying to do good in the world, but she was dressed in black and she shot a man trying to kill him. And that is what I'm talking about. That I really, I want her to make a villainous turn. And if she does, this was a good start. So um, I, I have a big thing for villains. So um, especially like, especially on this show, like good lady villains, I'm all about on this show. So uh, I, I think it's cool that she is, it's kind of a neat way to incorporate the, the Lutherness of it that, Lex is the one who hires John Corbin, and she is the one who shoots him. And inevitably, she's kind of the reason that he becomes Metallo, because him being shot is why he sort of ends up in Project Cadmus. So that, that Luther connection goes all the way through Metallo. So I kind of like that. Um, and and I love the, the line at the end where uh, Brenda Strong, the doctor, says, John Corbin dies today. Long live Metallo. I, it was cheesy, but I kind of loved it. So, um, yeah, it was, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing what they do with Metallo, but in, in terms of him as an assassin, um, I thought it was pretty, it was, it was a decent setup. And, uh, since we sort of already mentioned Lena, uh, Carly, what did you think about, uh, one of my favorites, uh, Katie McGrath as Lena Luther? She was so good.
1: (laughs) Um, I like that we got to see her right away. Like, that was a nice surprise, because I didn't know she was going to be in the first episode. Um. And it was also kind of interesting that they brought her in to a scene with Clark and Kara. Um, you know, cause the whole thing, the whole setup is basically, they're looking into, they're looking into the shuttle and what happened there. And they find out that she had a seat on the shuttle, but she wasn't on it. And so they're wondering if somehow she's involved. And then it turns out it wasn't that Luther, but a different one. Um, One of my favorite, I retweeted it last night, but one of my favorite tweets was from somebody that said, uh, tweeted at us, and they said, quote, I'm here for a fresh start, end quote. Yeah, not in that outfit. Everyone knows black and red together are very evil colors. (laughs) (laughs) It's very true. So, you know. So true. I think... I, I I I'm excited because I think she's going to be kind of an antihero type, and it definitely seems like you know she's she's out to make a name for herself. There's definitely she doesn't have a lot of sympathy for Lex at this point. I think at one point she tells Kara that he's serving 32 consecutive life sentences. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, it's it's. She's like, yeah, I'm going to kind of break out from under his shadow and do my own thing. And I don't necessarily know if she's going to always go about it in the uh, most honorable way. Like, she might not wear a white hat, and I'm kind of looking forward to that. <laughs> Morgan, what were your thoughts on
2: Lena Luther? Oh, I was so excited to get her in this episode. I mean, I think anybody who's been listening to us, like, in this, like, preseason season talking about how excited we were for Lena Luther knows that like we we were all pretty much all in on <laughs> Lena Luther. <laughs> so I mean I th- I think the like the hierarchy of Supergirl Radio is like Kelly, <laughs> Snapper car, <laughs> <laughs> Lena Luther. That, that so seems I was
0: That seems <laughs> accurate.
2: I was so excited to see her, and uh, I love Katie McGrath, and she was great in this episode. Um, like Carly said, if you want to uh, people not to think you're evil, probably don't dress all in all in black.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: Um, that, that's usually a giveaway. That yeah, that's usually. I mean, especially on a like a comic book show, mm-hmm. superhero show. If you're dressed all in black, like I'm gonna be side eyeing you, uh, it it definitely gave me some um, like some Smallville feelings because as as complicated as my feelings for that show are, I think that the one thing that that show got well when it did it well was the like the Clark and the Lex relationship. And having Lex be not just this one-note villain who was just like evil, wah-ha-ha, ha, but like had a lot of complicated emotions and tried to do good but then, you know, didn't. Um, and and had this complicated relationship with Clark. So I wouldn't – like when we saw Lena talking with Clark and, uh, and Kara, I got like a little bit of that like old Smallville feeling from – from car because she just kind of seemed really taken with her. Like she was just like, I, I don't know why, but I trust that woman all in black. And Clark was like, <laughs> w- what, why, why would you do that? Like her f- whole family's evil. And clearly her wardrobing is, and car was like, I don't know. There's just, there's just something. <laughs> so I was actually, you know, I'm interested to see how they'll play that relationship after, you know, after the episodes with Clark are over. And uh, and Superman's out of the picture, and it's just uh, Supergirl and Lena Luthor, if they'll have – if it'll just be, like, a purely adversarial relationship, if Lena Luthor – I mean, I feel like it's pretty obvious, like, she's eventually going to go to the dark side, like <laughs> – but I don't, I don't feel like I need it to happen within, like, maybe even the first half of the season. Like, I would love to see it be, like, a slow burn instead of just being, like, you know, the next episode, she's evil – so I I would like to see that relationship sort of play out between her and Kara. Yeah, let's hope they don't
0: announce the storyline at a CW press event.
2: Uh, ed, ed, ed. <laughs> we might be we might be speaking too soon because tomorrow they might be like, by the bye <laughs> <laughs> By the way, here's this is their the exact episode. Story. She will turn evil like
0: <laughs> no <laughs> um, but I would agree with you. I think the interesting thing about Lena at this point is because Kara can connect with her on a certain level. Lena says, I'm just a woman trying to make a name for herself outside of her family, and that's exactly what is trying to do. And I think Kara identified with Lena's trying to make it on her own and trying to do good things. Like, Lena seemed like she was trying to make a difference. And that's what Kara is trying to do as Supergirl. And now as Kara Danvers' reporter, which we'll get to a little bit later. But um, I think that that dynamic will be really exciting to watch. I'm very interested in how they play that. And what I liked about Lena was that, and we talked about this on our spotlight as well, is that she is normally played as if she is uh sometimes with uh not a direct familial connection, either she's been adopted or something like that. And so I I thought it was it was neat that they they did kind of use that part of her character that she is uh she's an adopted member of the Luther family. She was adopted when she was four years old and that she had a special connection to Lex. And I think that's what's so heartbreaking about the episode and, and what Lex does. He tries to kill her and, and he's the one who was the one who made her, quote, made her feel the most welcomed in their family. Uh, so that that's uh, that's that's cold hearted, Lex Luthor. Um, but, but I guess what would you expect? Um, the only thing I didn't like about Lena in this episode was that and this is this is coming for me as like somebody who is a, a camera operator and who would like to see more happen um from the use of camera on the show and i think usually they do a good job but this i i thought the introduction of lena luther could have been something more like i thought it was a little boring she like walks in with clark and Kara, and it's a it's a wide shot and so they're like coming in and you don't get like to see her right away and I was just like, come
2: on guys, this is so boring. So on a Yeah, Yeah, I have to agree. Like, I kept expecting her to like be standing by a window looking out dramatically. Like Smallville has really primed me, like all of my like associations with the Luther's. And I was like, why isn't she monologuing about some ancient literature to a window?
1: (laughs) (laughs) This this is is not nearly dramatic enough. (laughs) It wasn't a reveal, it was like she she was just walking into a room normally. She, She just she just wanted on screen,
2: basically.
0: <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, I guess that was a little selfish of me, but I, I wanted more. I wanted, like, some cool, like, shot to be like, here, Lena Luthor has arrived. So I... Maybe they had that, and they just hadn't, didn't have time, but um, I have high expectations, I guess. Uh, but uh, let's see. And I guess the last big thing that we need to talk about, even though it was kind of a small thing in the episode... <laughs> was that we get to see what or who is in the pod. So, Carly, what did you think about the reveal of this uh, maybe Kryptonian person in the pod? What did you think about that? It's a dude
1: in the pod. (laughs) (laughs) I was, like, sad that it wasn't a super dog or super cat. Like, why can't we have Streaky? Um, (laughs) Why can't we have Bark Bent? Um, (laughs) Say it could still happen. it could still happen. She could still get a pet. I want Supergirl to have a pet. Just saying. Um, yeah, I mean, we didn't really get that much. I know I know Christopher Wood posted a funny poll on his Twitter account. It was basically like, what was your favorite scene with me? Me sleeping in the pod, me sleeping in the second scene, me sleeping in the third scene. <laughs> um, I... It, yeah, he didn't really serve any kind of uh, purpose at this point, and I, I'm pretty sure they're probably going to revisit it. But we didn't really learn much um, other than they couldn't really take DNA, and they found him in a place where time doesn't pass. So I don't remember the name of it, but time doesn't pass, so he hasn't aged at all. I think so there's no real way for him to them to determine like his wh- like where when he's from, I guess.
0: Yeah, I think they said the Well of Stars. I don't know if I yeah, it had that, some other I, name. But I think that's yeah. what
1: it was. It had some other name in Kryptonian that I can't remember. And then Kara calls it the Well of Stars. Um, and then I and then I thought it was kind of funny that Clark had to like basically remind her. He was like, "You did use your X-ray vision to check him for a cybernetic core, right?" <laughs> <laughs> she was like, uh, "Of course I did." <laughs> which just goes you know it's i don't necessarily think he was like condescending to her i think it was more like he you know he's he's just he's used to doing that kind of thing and she's still kind of trying to like get the hang of you know yeah doing using all her abilities to you know in 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 different ways i guess um so that i thought that was kind of a funny moment but yeah i mean i don't really have many thoughts because we didn't really learn anything other than that there was a person in the pod which was already revealed to us
0: yeah and uh i i think you you still kind of don't
1: know who it is so i'm not gonna say anything about that i still don't I still so. know i forget <laughs> i know it's a kryptonian but i i don't i didn't look up who like what significance he has in the comics and i'm not gonna go looking i don't think So you nobody should. spoil me i don't No think one. You if listeners if you spoil me we're gonna have words. <laughs> don't do it.
0: Well, and t- and technically, technically, after the first episode, we don't know he's kryptonic, We just know he's not human. But right, there's that. Kara suspects. Yeah, right. Kara
1: suspects because right, they can't. Is it because they can't take any blood from him? Yeah, they the could, they can't stick needle, needle snaps. Mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay.
0: So, uh, Morgan, what are your thoughts on this pod person reveal?
2: yeah i uh yeah i mean he was mostly just unconscious so <laughs> he was my favorite character in the episode clearly uh, <laughs> um yeah it, it's it's interesting i would have i would have rather had like a super pet or something but i mean if we just have to get a dude he seems fine uh no i'm i'm interested in uh <laughs> in how that's gonna play out like carly i i Like have specifically not looked for any of the information about who it is. I know that they've they've said, but I just uh, have avoided it. So I don't actually I it's to me, it is still a mystery. I'm so jealous you're in a blissful place. I am. I'm in a very blissful place. I might have at at some point heard and just was like, oh, I don't care, and then <laughs> forgot. So, <laughs> but uh, but I'm interested to see how that storyline is going to play out. And I, I really did like the the way that they uh, the, that that um, Superman was like, oh, you've checked him, right? And she's like, pss, pss, yeah, <laughs> and then she <laughs> checks him. I also, for some reason, that reminded me because they said about him going through this like. Pss, I don't know. I can't remember what like patch of space it was supposed to be that like slows down time or something. And uh it it, it reminded me of how they hand waved the fact that like Tyler Hecklin and Melissa Benoist are not that like not that far away in age. Like they pointed it out. They had people be like, yo, I'm pretty sure last season they said you were and he was like, don't worry. I just look young. <laughs> and yeah. you're like, mm. But you think that like maybe someone like Kat would be like, hey, aren't we like the same, you know, like or something like uh, it seems like you haven't aged literally at all. And I started an entire media empire and you're <laughs> still like 20 years old. What's up with that? But like, yeah, there was like no
1: reaction from that. <laughs> from that, I think I think John Wilson tweeted friend of the podcast tweeted like months of fan speculation were resolved in one line of dialogue because basically yeah. they're like <laughs> you're 12 years older than car right and 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 superman says kryptonians age slower than they do on Earth. i just felt like it was like an entire
2: like the entire like writing staff just dropped the mic stared at the screen and like moon walked out <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah car- 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 carly did all that
0: math and we oh, have nothing. nothing. I'm we, not even
1: a math major. <laughs> <laughs> oh
0: and heck. they didn't even give us a specific number.
1: I bought that he was older than Cara, though. I don't know.
0: Interesting. We're not doing any more math on this
1: podcast. No, no. You can go back and listen. <laughs> I'm not doing it again.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so we get we sort of got an answer, but not really. It was kind of a vague, um, like you said, Morgan, hand waving. I think that's a good way to put it. Uh, but that was a, a funny part of the episode. Well, uh, what is everybody's kind of general thoughts? Uh, was was this a satisfying premiere to season two? Uh, Carly, what did you think? Yeah, I thought it was pretty
1: solid. It was fun. Had some nice cousin moments. It was funny. Had a lot of good. Had Kat Grant had some great speeches to Cara, and I think they're kind of setting it up for her to like slowly move to being a recurring character instead yeah. of a you know full time cast person. But, no, I liked it, and I'm excited for the second half, because Clark goes, yeah, I think I'll stick around for a while, which, as we know, only means one more episode at this point. So <laughs> <laughs> so I'm looking forward to part two, but I thought part one was pretty good. Morgan, uh, what did you think about the premiere?
2: Yeah, I would give it an A+. I really liked it. Yeah, I was kind of, I wasn't sure what to expect. I wasn't sure if, if they were going to retool the show a little bit for the CW or how they were going to handle that and i thought this premiere like came really strong out of the gate i i liked everyone in it except poor james who just kind of wandered around trying to get people to eat takeout um <laughs> i thought that i mean with the exception of something we'll probably end up talking about a little bit later i thought that they did a great job introducing new characters like setting up the you know some of the conflicts for the season Introducing us to Superman without having him take over the show. Like, introducing us to Lena Luthor and this new Cadmus mystery. And I think that, like, um, just just on the strength of the, the cat and the car scenes alone, this would have been an A-plus for me because those scenes were, were so good.
0: Yeah, I enjoyed it as well. Uh, I enjoyed it more than I thought I would. Um, but I still had some kind of, like, eye-rolling moments because it, it was, like, it almost felt like the only Superman they ever knew uh, was the Superman, the movie. And that kind of bothers me sometimes, I guess, because I've read a lot of Superman comics and I've seen a lot of different incarnations when, when it's like, Oh, we're only going to reference Superman, the movie. I'm like, Oh, there's more to Superman than that movie guys. Um, So that disappointed me, but I, I did overall enjoy um, what we got and, and I'm excited to see, where it goes next week. And I think the one thing that I really truly loved in this episode uh, on a personal standpoint was that when can read Kryptonian,
2: I felt, I thought of, I thought of you the second <laughs> he mentioned that he taught himself Christ- Kryptonian. I, I was like, Rebecca literally can go work for the DEO. <laughs> I,
0: I felt a real kinship with when that, um, you know, I I've created a Bridwell, kryptonese alphabet for myself and i I felt i we we connected when and me in this episode so uh, when he was like you know acting like he wasn't afraid of a kryptonian challenge i was like i'm with you when bring it on so uh i I did enjoy that little bit in the episode um but that is going to do it for our discussion but let's find out what our listeners had to say about
1: the adventures of supergirl at Geek Vigilante says, great episode to start out the new season, and Tyler Hecklin was great as Superman. At Paradox Kid says, Hecklin nailed Superman. Interesting tension with Jean. Weird 180 with Kara and James, but great premiere overall. At Thromian says, this Superman is the best since Christopher Reeve. Best of the CW premiere so far. Didn't like the quick end to the Kara Jimmy love story at madtown davidson says a very fun start to season two tyler hecklin is pitch perfect as clark kent and superman at true underscore just underscore brian says i liked the actor who played superman but he wasn't nearly tall enough sorry for being superficial but soups is a tall dude
0: and i I think this is an interesting tweet uh i in my nerdy way, I went and did some research on the heights of all the the actors who have played Superman um just because clearly I have a lot of free time. Um, but according to IMDb... That's because, it, no, it's because Rebecca is, like, amazingly thorough. <laughs> well, you know, I needed to know for sure how tall Superman was supposed to be. Because for me, I don't think it matters, because it doesn't really matter to me that he's tall, because Superman could hover above people, and it wouldn't matter. So the, his <laughs> his height, like, he could be taller than anybody just for hovering above them. But according to the DC Wiki, if you're interested, uh, the DC Wiki lists Superman as being six foot three. Um, So if you take that as the comic book height, uh, you know, canon height, um, this is the comparison of all the Superman actors. So Christopher Reeve was the tallest at six foot four. Tom Welling is uh, is six two and three quarters, to be very specific, according to IMDb. Um, Brandon (laughs) Routh is six two and a half. Uh, Henry Cavill, Kirk Allen and George Reeves, uh, all six one. Uh, Tyler Hecklin, uh, who was referred in, to in the tweet, along with Gerard Christopher and John Newton, the, the two Superboys, super um, all six feet. And Dean Cain is the shortest, uh, 5'11 and a half, which I was surprised by. So it doesn't seem like there's a real, you know, uh, a common thread of heights with Superman actors. But uh, if, you, if you were just dying to know how tall Superman <laughs> usually is, there you go. I think you can a learn lot of some it,
2: interesting stuff from this podcast.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think a lot of it, ha- though, has to do with how, like, camera shots and how actors are filmed because they can make somebody look taller than oh, they are. Yes.
0: Yeah. And and there are apple boxes, too, that they can put right. down on the ground and people stand. Pe- they do that all the time. Movie making is magic, people. You can
1: do anything. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I think Melissa Benoist is like 5'8, five, 5'9, five, but she also wears those boots with the heels in them. Right. So even, I think it seems like there wasn't a lot of a height difference between them in the episode, but that's also because she had heels on. So that, that was just my my two cents there. <laughs> At Kenny Craley says, the references to Superman the movie were so good in the episode. At Demon's Daughter says, had me smiling with all the nods to Christopher Reeve's Superman. This is how comic book shows should be. At Jose Tick says, so many Chris Reeve nods, just missing the John Williams score. Metallo will be epic. Oh, my gosh. If they had put the John Williams score in, I would have flipped my head. Like,
2: I would have flipped my <laughs> crap. I would have been so you mad. Would have just, you would have just flipped a table. <laughs> just, we, would, we, it would have, we would have been like, Rebecca can't make it <laughs> tonight. Yeah, okay. So she's, she's destroying tables all over town. <laughs>
0: <laughs> what, what is that on the
2: local news? Oh, it's just Rebecca flipping tables.
0: Um, so, so if you if you were like, what are what are all the Christopher Reeves uh, Superman and Superman the movie references? I didn't catch them all. Um, I'll try to give you a little quick rundown. It might take a while, uh, but uh, so Kat's new personal assistant is Miss Tessmacher. and I kind of hope she's the new Kelly. I hope she gets like a four episode arc. And we get to see. Oh my see god, you. me too. We, <laughs> I was I, when I saw her, I was like, You're the new Kelly, aren't you? You better be the new Kelly. Um, but so Miss Tess Mocker is in Superman the movie, and I think Superman 2, she might show up in the other ones. I can't remember. But uh, she's like Lex Luthor's sidekick. And um so Tess Mocker is a reference, and even the way Kat yelled, Miss Tessmacher! That's the way Lex Jean Hackman's less uh Lex Luthor does that in the movies, and she did it so many times in the episode. Um, and then uh, the fact that Clark says lickety split and and Perry says like nobody says that anymore that to me was reminiscent of in Superman the movie when Clark says swell, the word swell, when he's like swell, and uh, Lois calls him out for it saying that, you know, nobody really feels comfortable saying that anymore. And this is like the 1970s, so um, this is very dated (laughs) language. Um, And the fact that Clark is clumsy, uh, or they make a reference to Clark being clumsy, that's, I usually associate that with the Christopher Reeve version, because not uh, any version's that I can think of in addition to his were portrayed as clumsy. And I think in the comics that I've read, he usually like slouches or something like that, but I don't know if he's like a bonafide, you know, klutz in the office in the comics. Um, So I I took that as a Christopher Reeve nod. Um, When asks Superman about Lex Luthor setting off the earthquake in California, that's a Superman, the movie plot line um lena and i think when lena said this i, I was flipping some tables uh metaphorically lena references superman's <laughs> statistically flying is the safest way to travel dialogue um that is in superman the movie it's in superman returns it was even referenced on smallville in the strangest way because it's about an elevator and um, and and clark is like oh it's the safest way to travel and i'm like not in a fire it's not Never get in an elevator when there is a fire. That's bad advice. Don't take it. Don't take. I don't care if Clark Kent tells you to. Don't do it. He's invulnerable to fire. He can deal with it. <laughs>
2: um, so, and so, there was a, there was another reference actually too. It was the um, the helicopter, right? Yeah, the, hel- the car saves the helicopter. Sim kind of in a similar way to the way that um, Superman saves Lois Lane from the helicopter in the yes. first one. She she
0: might think, as yeah. she
2: might Lena might as well have said
0: um you know know, who's got you um might as well have put it in there uh so yeah good catch as well um so i i don't mind some easter eggs and some references but it was just too much it was too much there's there's more superman out there um so that's if you needed a rundown of all of those that's kind of what i caught on to
1: they did it. I mean, they did a couple of them last year. Like they did the scene in the bar when Kara's on the red K and she's right. messing with the uh, the peanuts, right? Right. The bowl of peanuts. Right. So, I mean, they've they've done other nods to it, I think. But I think this was probably the like the most oh egregious. My gosh. So many, <laughs> yeah, so many, and probably because you know because Superman, Superman was, was in the only, episode. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So
0: still not an excuse, but, uh, that's <laughs> probably, but that's probably why. But that's probably why. <laughs>
1: Uh, at Mark HB PWM says, my favorite moment was Clark's hug and greeting for Alex. Yeah,
0: that
1: was nice. Which, which I thought was cute because he was like, "It's good to see you," and she, and then that's how we know that she knows he smells good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. which, in, which, in context, like, isn't isn't that bad? I guess. Um, well, it's yeah. funny because we we had
2: read that description of the episode like a couple of Wait. weeks ago, so when that m- moment happened, I went. Huh? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then and then what they said the in the episode description about like, you know, Alex feeling like left out or, you know, upset about it literally never came into the episode. Nope. So I kept waiting
1: for it and I was like, Oh, so that's just alright, cool, cool, yeah. cool. I wonder if it's gonna happen next week. <laughs> yeah. Maybe we'll I see it next week. I wouldn't week. be surprised because
2: Uh, just based off of like the dialogue at the end of the episode where he was saying he was going to stick around to learn more about Krypton. I think, you know, for him coming for like a one-off and just kind of visiting is different than like suddenly like that, you know, all that they're doing is talking about Krypton and like, you know, Alex
1: can't get a word in. (laughs) At varu 416 says, Kara and James has got to be the shortest on screen romance. Does this mean when has a chance? At Rantasmo one says mixed feelings on the Kara and Jimmy breakup. The relationship was forced and clunkily written.
2: Yeah. So when I, when I said earlier that the one, there was one thing in the, in the premiere that I really didn't like, this would be it. (laughs) I, I was so confused by what was happening that like the episode ended. And I just kind of stared at the television, like, huh? And this is coming from somebody who had, like, no emotional attachment to the Kara and Jimmy thing. Like, I like Macad Brooks a lot. But I think we've talked about it already that, you know, Jimmy is kind of underwritten. And there's not, you know, we don't know as much about him as some of the other characters. And that relationship, I kind of felt like, even though they pushed it all season, was not, you know, I wasn't super hoping it was going to happen but they did push it all season. They spent an entire season on this relationship, building this relationship between Cara and Jim uh, and James up. And then in this finale, they even had them like get together and with presumably they were going to, you know, start dating and have a relationship. And then to start this episode literally this episode starts like what like minutes after the last (laughs) episode like minutes so by the time you get to the end of this episode it has been at the most like a couple of days since the season one finale to go from all of that build up to like you know what been thinking about it think we're better off as friends and like see you later bud and he's like what (laughs) like james's reaction at the end of the episode was actually my reaction too he was just like what just happened i don't understand it was just from i don't again i didn't really i wasn't really connected to that relationship at all but from a storytelling perspective it was so clunky like if this is the story that you committed to tell in season one you can't just drop it like a hot potato one episode into season two because you went on a writer's retreat between seasons and realized <laughs> it's not working. Like you, ha- you have to like give it a couple of episodes or work up to it. Like that episode was already wearing so many hats that it It wasn't fair to people who were invested in that relationship and spent an entire season waiting for it to just drop it like that. Like, there needed to be a couple episodes. Maybe they go on a couple dates, things kind of, like, things are kind of weird, and then they make the decision. Or maybe they date for a couple episodes, and then it blows up. But you can't just go into the episode, go, oh, my God, what are we going to do with this? This is a real problem. And then just dump it by the wayside.
0: Yeah, and, and let's, let's hit some emails, because there, we have some emails about that. We'll go back to some tweets in a second. Um, but uh, we had a listener named Suara uh, write in and say the Cara James breakup was weird. We had a listener uh, named Phoenix. Yeah. Named Phoenix,
1: or, or do you want to read that, Carly? Yeah, I'll read it. Uh, they wrote, I've seen some people upset by the Cara and James breakup. To be honest, I was among the people who didn't buy the chemistry between Cara and James as romantic. Platonic, yes, but not romantic. So this change didn't bother me personally, but I do hope they don't drag out the love interest thing or finding one too long.
0: Yeah, so I don't. I don't think a lot of us really bought into the reasoning for their little breakup. It was. It was very. I was very surprised by it because I thought that they would at least try to give them a shot because the the whole first season was, you know, they had the love triangle and then there was the Lucy stuff in the wind stuff and then they finally got together and I don't really have a stake in it either like I could go one way or the other with it but that was very strange and um and it does seem Morgan that it was like a writer's thing that they that they were like oh we we just don't think that this is working anymore because Andrew Kreisberg um in an In an interview said, quote, we felt like we were pursuing that relationship more because we felt like we had to than any of us was really truly feeling it. It was interesting because we brought in some new writers uh in the middle of the season (laughs) to keep some fresh blood. And even they were like coming at it fresh and sort of felt like we weren't quite sure how we were going to make this happen. We realized that the scenes between them were just the nice, sweet scenes when they were just being friends. Unquote. So, uh,
2: yeah, I think it's—I I think you make a great point, Morgan. Like, it's—that's oh, it, that's funny that I hadn't even read that, and I could like—I feel like if you can feel the 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 dog, like the tail wagging the dog that much, then it's not organic. Like, I like none of us. I don't think any of us were like hardcore Kara and Jimmy shippers, but if if it's that abrupt, like it was so abrupt that I and remembering that there was um there's that article about how somebody from Supergirl was going to um end up being gay this season. yeah, I was like. I don't know. Carla was like really feeling Lena Luther maybe. I mean, this is nuts, but like what if because it was that abrupt yeah. that it, it just felt like it came out of nowhere and I was like maybe she like met Lena Luther and like discovered some stuff about herself. Like I don't know. Right. Like otherwise literally the breakup didn't make
0: any sense. At at that point the the justification for it is so flimsy that you know, I I can understand why you might think that because it it just it came out of nowhere. <laughs>
1: Um, is very, very, very strange. At Witch Hunt for Art says, Kara has this newfound inner strength in comparison to the season one pilot. I think that's true, but it's interesting that she had uncertainty as Supergirl in the pilot, and now she's having uncertainty as Kara yeah. in the season two pilot. But we kind of see that she's maybe has found her way a little bit, so that's good. Um, at Ileana, Le- Levi says, I have a feeling Kat is going on vacation, maybe to Opal City, And maybe some more romance. I'll miss her, but she'll be back. Yeah, let's hope good things Uh, for Kat. uh, At Rover223 says, well done, cast and crew. I see how Kat is searching for meaning and will slide off to one side. At Lily 99 says, Brenda Strong makes evil look good. At Agent Chelsea says, great transition from LA to Vancouver, from CBS to CW, and with adding new characters. Pretty impressed.
0: And uh, let's go back to some emails. Um, uh, Morgan, do you want to read a listener uh, email from um,
2: a listener named Floby? Sure. Um, So Floby writes, was the start of the episode with the pod flying through the city supposed to replace last year's finale? And what happened to the road trip to save Jeremiah Danvers? (laughs) I don't know why that makes me laugh so hard, but probably because I completely forgot that they were going to do that. (laughs) Yeah, they they started (laughs) as as they did. As they did between yeah. seasons. Yeah.
0: Well, I don't think they've forgotten Jeremiah because Superman mentions him to Alex. So that may be coming. But I, I think the I was a little taken aback when I first started watching the episode myself because the season one finale, I had to go back and rewatch that because that ends with them at the party at the house or car's apartment and she hears something is crazy happening. And so she does the shirt rip, and then it cuts to Supergirl and Martian Manhunter landing in front of the pod. So the sequence at the beginning is just seeing how they get to the pod. You don't really necessarily need it, uh, but it was a cool sequence uh, seeing them fly together. But, yeah, I was like, what? I, I don't remember this thing with the flying. Um, but, yeah, that's that's what that was about. Um, and. And our last email comes from Greg H., who writes, quote, my favorite part of this whole episode was Kat's speech to Kara about how, quote, we must keep daring, we must keep diving. It was so spot on that it made me stop and wonder if I myself have been afraid to dare and swim recently, unquote. And actually, Greg, I had a similar thought myself. I'm kind of in a place, personally, um, just where I'm trying to consider some situations and some possibilities for myself. And that you know, I've been considering it for a couple of weeks, and and then this happened, and I was like, is Cat Grant giving me a sign? Um, so there are some some things that I think we can all take away from that speech because she makes a con- you know convincing argument, compelling argument to Cara that like you can't just look at the water; you you have to eventually. Um, to dive in because you want to go for a swim. If you want to go for that swim, you got to get in the water. So I, I thought that was a, a great speech from her. Um, Carly, do you have any thoughts on that?
1: Yeah, that was my favorite part too. Aside from the Clark and Cara scene that I mentioned earlier, but yeah, Kat had some good. Cat had some good scenes in this episode. I'm glad they gave her. They gave her an opportunity to really have a good impact on Kara before she kind of takes a step back. Yeah, I loved
2: I loved that scene so much. And I love that speech and like just all the cat and car stuff was so amazing in this episode. But yeah, I feel I feel like that speech can like just really shake you up. Be like, get everybody all shook because I was like, yeah. maybe I haven't. Maybe I haven't been daring enough. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah it, it's very motivational, in a, in in actually really practical ways, not just like, oh, that was a nice speech. It's like, oh, no, I need I need to think about my life. What am I doing with my life? So uh, I, I I think that scene was very representative of what I like about the show. And so it, part of me is like, oh, when Kat leaves, we're not going to have that kind of stuff anymore. Um, and maybe we will. Maybe we'll get it from someone else. But, um, yeah, I thought that was a great scene. And I thought it was a nice inside uh, look into Kat and Kara's relationship that she had Kara pegged to be a reporter f- from day one. I thought that was uh <laughs> she was a little, she forced, uh, foresaw the future. Is that the right way to see, say that? Um, she predicted the future. So uh, I, I thought that was a nice little scene with them in the episode.
2: We've all learned so much from Kat. You know, it's practical life advice. The right, like, combination of salad, salad dressing. Yep. Mm-hmm. It's going to be, it's going to be rough without Kat on every episode. What are we going to do with our lives? I don't know. She is a <laughs> Miss Tessmacher is going
0: to
1: be happy though. She'll <laughs> be like, oh, thank God.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Is Miss Tessmacher going to go with her or I don't know. I'm a little concerned we won't get to see her anymore. Maybe that'll g- get rid of my um, <laughs> multi-episode arg for Miss Tessmacher. I hope not. Um, <laughs> but we'll see. But uh, yeah, so that was, it was nice to see Kat. Well, if you want to contact Supergirl Radio, you can email us at supergirlradio at gmail.com. You can post a comment on our website at supergirlradio.com. You can now leave us a voicemail, actually. Um, we have a voicemail line now. You can call us at 678 718 7252. If you don't want to write uh, an email or a tweet, you can call us. Um, and uh, you can still like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter and Instagram, all at Supergirl Radio. You can listen to us on Google Play and iHeartRadio, and we have a Supergirl Radio playlist on Spotify that has over seven hours of music, you guys. It's a lot of music. Uh, So definitely go check out our playlist.
1: We are available on iTunes and Stitcher, so if you have time, we encourage you to give us a rating and write a review. And we're a part of the
2: DC TV Podcast Network, so if you also like Gotham, Arrow, The Flash, Legends of Tomorrow, iZombie, DC Films and classic DC TV shows. I swear that they just keep adding things just to make this worse for <laughs> take me. A, take a deep breath. <laughs> ah, subscribe to our DC TV <laughs> podcast mega feed. Follow at DC TV podcast on Twitter and like DC TV podcast on Facebook. And you can follow me on Twitter at Derby Kid.
0: That's D-E-R-B-Y-K-I-D. I'm, t- I'm still kind of taking a little bit of a break. I'm allowing myself the occasional retweet and the occasional reply. So if you do want to ask me a question, I will still re- reply and respond if you tweet at me. Um, I'm also on Instagram at TheDerbyKid. And you can watch videos I've shot and edited on my YouTube channel at youtube.com slash duckmilkprod. That's D-U-C-K-M-I-L-K-P-R-O-D. You
1: can find me on Twitter at my name, Carly Lane. I am weekend editor over at the TheMarySue, which you can visit at TheMarySue.com. Mostly I'm on Twitter having angry tweeting moments. I had at least three today. So if you follow me, be warned. I rant a lot. Some of it's justified. So
2: we like to table flip a lot on
1: this podcast.
0: Yes, I, uh, yeah. All metaphorically. No, no, nothing physical has actually happened. No, yeah. t- no tables Just are being harmed. uh podcast. the
1: gifts.
2: Yeah. You can also find me ranting and posting angry gifts on Twitter. Um, at, at Mojotastic. That's M-O-J-O-T-A-S-T-I-C. Uh, I'm also a contributing writer for Buddy TV. Um, and I should have some Legends of Tomorrow Comic-Con. Uh, that would be San Diego, not New York, though that just happened. And Carly and I actually met up and took a picture. I know, that's so fun. <laughs> I'm so jealous. With <laughs> Kat. <laughs> yes, with Kat from the Legends of Tomorrow podcast. So it was a it was a DC TV podcast.
1: Family affair. That's awesome. Um, true story, Morgan and I actually found each other in the bathroom. <laughs> yes, it, it wasn't The most awkward meeting of all. <laughs> the most awkward place to, like, not ambush someone on the, on, on purpose. That's so funny. <laughs> it was great.
0: If you, oh, <laughs> if you would like to hang out for our quick spoiler section, we'll be doing that after our theme music. But until then, I'm still Rebecca Johnson. I'm still Carly Lane. And I'm still Morgan Glennon. And we'll leave you with Cat Grant's wise advice. In
2: order to live, we must keep daring.
0: to become the man who saved the world from an alien menace? They want to kill us. All of us. We salvage you, modify you, and resurrected you. Own your power.
2: Supergirl, all
0: new next Monday at 8, 7 central on The CW. And we're back. And what you just heard was the audio for what's coming up on Supergirl. The next episode of season two is called The Last Children of Krypton. The official description reads, quote, Cadmus attacks National City with a kryptonite-powered villain who ends up seriously hurting Supergirl. Superman blames Hank because the kryptonite was stolen from the DEO. Meanwhile, Kara's first day at her new job doesn't go as planned after she meets her new boss, Snapper Carr, yeah. uh, guest star Ian <laughs> Gomez, unquote. So, uh, Carly, what has you excited about this description?
1: Snapper, <laughs> I feel like we've been also, waiting for this moment. I know, <laughs> and also turns out Superman's uh, issues with the kryptonite are not totally unfounded. Mm-hmm. Um, someone, I think it was. Speaking of Cat, as we mentioned earlier, I think Cat uh, tweeted a picture. That there, there's a, if people recognize the Crisis on Infinite Earth's image of Superman carrying Supergirl, they do an homage to that um, in this episode, it looks like. So it'll be interesting, but I don't want Supergirl to be hurt. That makes me sad. Yeah.
0: So it, I, I like that there's stakes though. Uh,
1: so yeah. That should be good to
0: watch. Um, Morgan, what is most exciting about this description for you?
2: I mean, Obviously Snapper. It's all about <laughs> Snapper for me, and it always will be. But um, <laughs> besides Snapper, um, exactly what Carly said, I saw the, um, it, I think it was Kat, um, our, who also does the Legends of Tomorrow podcast, that I saw post somewhere the images side by side of the image from next week's episode of Superman carrying Supergirl and the the uh, the comic book image and i was like ooh chills like uh, i'm interested to yeah exactly there's some stakes that are going to be happening i think uh i think this episode this premiere episode there was way too much going on to do like a big dramatic uh, you know a big dramatic story arc in the middle of that as well as like you know introducing all these new characters but i think we're going to get that next week and i'm excited about that so
0: yay yeah, I I saw the the promo as well that had that image, and I think that's really cool that they that I mean that's a really famous Supergirl image, the death of Supergirl. It's a it's a it's a big deal, so I, I think it's cool that they used it, and I hope they do it in a very organic way that makes uh, sense for why they do it, and and I think the fact that Kryptonite is coming into play will um, be a, a good justification for having that because Kryptonite again really mess kryptonians up uh so I, I am worried about supergirl but i kind of like that i'm worried about her because uh that's you know i i think that that's good to have those kinds of stakes uh, it's 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 nice to be kind of on the edge of your seat so i, I hope that's what we'll get and snapper car i'm really like if he doesn't snap uh, i'm gonna be really disappointed <laughs> like i don't want to have i don't want to i don't want to have expectations but I, I need some you know at least one snap you know, it, it doesn't have mean to be if, like if he if he said "Daddy O," that would also be I amazing. Mean, <laughs> icing on the cake. Um, <laughs> I, I feel like we would talk about that a long time um, uh, next week. But I, I think this sounds really awesome. This is, this is going to be a very exciting episode, and a lot of cool elements are going to come into play. Well, thanks for listening, and we'll be back with another episode discussion next time on Supergirl Radio.